Hi, and welcome to Com Church Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk you're about to hear. This is how we know we are in Him. Whoever claims to live in Him must walk as Jesus did. And that really touched me, the whole thing about walking with Jesus. Of course, that's a great Bible word and it appeals to me because I love walking. I'm a great walker. And I've begun to see Jesus in the gospel in a different sort of way through walking. Because Jesus got around by walking. That's what he did. He didn't have a vehicle. You don't read of him very much going on a donkey, only when he came to Jerusalem at the end. But before that, he's walking around. And if he went to Jerusalem... That's a three-day walk. That's a long way, isn't it? So we know of Jesus. He was pretty fit. He was pretty fit. And of course, all the disciples were fit too because they followed Jesus. And so we're saying we need to walk as Jesus walked. It means we need to live as he lived. You know, Jesus was mobile. He traveled around to different places and he'd say to his disciples, let's go and do this today. Let's go to this place today. And when they went there, then things happened. Because when Jesus is anywhere, things happen. They don't remain the same. And as he's put a song and a shout in our hearts, Jesus is doing his work through us by the Holy Spirit. And so as we think this morning about walking as Jesus did, we're going to look at Jesus through the eyes of how he walked. And we're looking to him to show how that will impact us and that we'll be able to walk as Jesus did and see the same things happen that Jesus saw happen. And that is absolutely possible. You know, so often people think that the nearer you are to the front, the more likely you are to see things happen. And so therefore, some of us want a quiet life and we sit at the back because we think, oh, I'm safe at the back here. But I tell you, there's no safe place because the Holy Spirit is working from the back to the front. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I've, I used to sit at the back, but I'm now at the front, so that's okay. And so we read, we're going to look through Luke's gospel and we're going to look at situations where Jesus was walking and we're going to be watching him, we're going to be moving with him and we're going to see what happens. And today something is happening already in this place because Jesus is present by his Holy Spirit. Miracles are already taking place. There is healing in here. There's deliverance in here. And people are being called to serve the Lord in a new way. That's happening this morning. And so we're expecting, because of that dynamic, that we're going to walk as Jesus walked. Now we first read of Jesus in Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. And it says, When all the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. So what we see here is Jesus, the Son of God, who came to the earth to live as a man, a human being, he came to be baptised. So that's where we start. So we're going to walk as Jesus did. We need to understand the importance of baptism in water. Because baptism in water is not just some ceremony we have in the church, which is nice for our family. You know, invite your family around. We'll have a nice little ceremony. You get a big splash and everything's going, ooh, isn't that lovely? Oh, didn't he speak well? You know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, But really, baptism is very significant to the rest of our life in walking with Jesus and following Jesus. 
And, and so if you've been baptised in water, and I have, my testimony is great. I'm not going to share it now at another time. But I tell you, from when I was baptised in water, the whole of my life took on a new direction. And you notice that when Jesus came out of the water, it says he prayed when he came out of the water and the Holy Spirit came upon him. So that's what we do, we need when we're walking with Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit in all his power, in all his ability to come upon us. Because Jesus realised he wouldn't be able to do the work that he'd been called to without the work of the Holy Spirit in his life. Because although Jesus was the Son of God, we know that he didn't live on the earth as God. It says in, in Philippians that he emptied himself. He emptied himself of his divinity, his deity, and he came to earth to live as a man, but in relationship with God the Holy Spirit. And so he became the role model for us of how we should live our lives in the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is what I'm going to see as we go through this morning. We're going to see that the Holy Spirit is working with Jesus and the Holy Spirit must work with us too. But the outcome of him, the Holy Spirit descending on him, was in that verse where God spoke to him from heaven saying, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. So that's to do with our identity. This is where we, there's doubts that we have of who we are. You know, am, am I truly born again? Uh, does really God really care about me? And the truth of the matter, he says to all those that sincerely from their hearts follow him, who go through the waters of baptism, identifying with his death and his resurrection, the Lord God says, the Father says, you are my child and I am well pleased with you. And when you've got that sense in your heart, then it means it sets you free to get on with your life. It doesn't matter what sin we've been involved in the past and all of us have got a story of sin, some of us more colourful than others, but sometimes the colourful nature of our sin means that we feel that, i oh, just keep to the back row. But the truth of the matter is when Jesus cleanses you by his blood, whatever has happened in the past, it's made of nothing. It's made of nothing. It has gone away. Gone away completely. Because you are a new person. You're a new creation because of what Jesus has done. So we're walking with Jesus and he's getting baptised, but he's praying and the Holy Spirit is coming upon him. And we need the Holy Spirit to powerfully work through us. And then we carry on and we see that he was filled with the Spirit. So Luke 4, verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. Then the devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. So I went farther ahead than I wanted to. So the first bit, it says he was full of the Holy Spirit, and he returned from his baptism, and then he went to be tempted. Wow. That's incredible. What that tells us is when we walk with Jesus, we have to, our past is forgiven, our past is taken away, but we have to deal with our present and we have to deal with our humanity. You know, we're all human beings and, and we're all at the mercy of our humanity until we learn how to deal with that and control that. And so when we see Jesus then in the desert, he's there filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got to keep seeing that. He's led by the Spirit into the desert, which is interesting. Because it means then that when we're going through periods of testing, when we're being, as it were, put under the cosh, then the Holy Spirit is with us. So we cannot face our testing and our temptation without the Holy Spirit. We need to have the Holy Spirit. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. 
And so we need to be full of the Holy Spirit too. And the thing is, those of us that are not secure in our identity, we keep thinking that God is looking at us and saying, you're not quite up to standard, so just stay over there a minute. But that's not what God is saying. God has chosen us. He's pulled us to himself. He's filled us with the Holy Spirit. So we need to keep on in that sense. I always remember once standing on a street corner feeling a hypocrite because I'd had a row with Mary and she's sitting there. So we must have made up because she wouldn't be sitting there. But we've had a, we've had a few, few rows over the years and we know how to press each other's buttons because we've been married a long time. And even this morning we pressed a couple of buttons. So... Um, and I thought to myself, I'm, I'm bad. How can I go to the church and, and speak and all that? You know, That's the way you think. That's how humanity is speaking. But I've been forgiven. You know, I've been set free. And so, therefore, then, we can have confidence. I remember standing on a street corner after what I'd said and feeling a real hypocrite, thinking I should get off this street as soon as possible because I used to go out on the streets all the time in those days. I've done it for many years. And I'd be witnessing to Jesus and, and who Jesus is. And this particular day, I was thinking, oh, I feel bad here witnessing to Jesus because I know what happened this week. And what a hypocrite. So I was thinking to myself, feeling very cowed down. I've got to get off this street as quick as possible. Unfortunately, I was the leader. So everyone's looking at me and saying, well, you're the leader. You better carry on. I'm like, oh, I've got to get off this street. Anyway, I pushed on regardless, carried on regardless, speaking about Jesus. And then after I'd been speaking, we're then talking to people, you know, and this one particular lady said, wow, I, I'm glad I came here today because what you said to me has really helped me to understand my life. And so straight away you realise that we can feel inadequate, we can feel un, you know, under pressure, as it were, because of our failings, but Jesus the, Holy, Jesus the Holy Spirit is still working. They're still working. And so the Holy Spirit is working at the beginning of his ministry and it's in the temptation. And not only is he tempted, but he's fasting as well. And so therefore, you know, there's a part, I said to someone the other day, do you fast? And they said, no, I don't fast. I said, well, you know, it's about being serious with God and there is a time to fast. So people think when you fast, you've got to fast for a month at a time, that you're just on water and then you're going to, you know, you're not going to be able to survive. But it doesn't work that way. It's just that, you know, you're denying yourself. You're so you can pray. You're praying and then the Holy Spirit is working with somebody who's totally focused. That's what fasting does. It focuses you. And then you find that you're able to fulfill and do what is supposed to happen. Hallelujah. And so therefore, he's facing these temptations. And they cover the three areas. And the, the area of the appetites, the, the, the area of looking at what you see and you think you like that. And about your pride, where you think you're more highly of yourself than you ought to think. And of course, just in the last few weeks, we've had the whole thing about sex. So I'm not going to go into that now, because sex is an appetite. Uh, but so is food an appetite. And anything else where we, it comes from within us, we feel drawn. And so therefore, sometimes, you know, if I talk about food in a positive way, you know, we don't eat the most nutritious food that we could, we could eat. You know, we need to eat food that's got lots of vitamins in it, because it's important. You know, I'm quite an old man now by, by many standards, older than most people, a lot of people in here. And so the thing is, I'm not as old as Clive, but um, I've learned a thing. <laughs> Clive's my mate, he's all right, yeah. And so uh, <laughs> I can only talk about my mates in here, I can't speak about anyone else. Uh, and, so, and Scott's my mate, but he's a lot younger than me, so that's okay. Um, so I learned long ago that we need to learn to live naturally in the world. We need to eat what is good for us. So we need to eat something that is good nutritionally for us with lots of vitamins and minerals. 
You know, because what has happened today is we live in a pill environment where people take a pill and we've got lots of supplements and people are making a lot of money out of supplements. And so you can spend a lot of money. And my mum was really into supplements. I mean, my mum, she didn't go to doctors, never went to doctors, only went, uh, you know, to read about natural remedies and stuff. And that's what she did. And until my mum was well past, you know, getting over 70, she never went to a doctor in her life. I mean, she was well and, and we thank God for that. But she was really into different pills. You've never seen so many pills. And when my mum and dad came to visit us, they'd bring the the pill cabinet with them. My goodness. And they set it up in their bedroom. And every space was covered by these pills. I'm thinking, oh, my. You know, all these pills. And we're not talking about sort of medicinal drugs. We're talking about homeopathy and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I'm thinking, there's a pill for this, a pill for that. So I can get a pill for vitamin A, a pill for vitamin C, a pill for vitamin E. And by the time you know it, and so today they've got a multivitamin, which makes it a lot easier. But I came to realise that I don't want to be chasing after having a pill or anything or a supplement that helps me to become, to keep strong and keep vital in my life as I get older. I want to eat naturally. So therefore, I love vegetables and I'm, I want to learn to enjoy vegetables more. Because some people never eat vegetables. Who here never eats vegetables? Hands up. Yeah, one or two sheepish people, you know. Put in. But it's good to eat vegetables and they're good for you and they do all your strength. And fruit as well. I mean, eating a lot of fruit. Who eats a lot of fruit? Oh, that's good. Well, we're all the same time. I'm going to move off this one quickly and because... I'm speaking to the converted, you know, so I'm not going to carry on with this. But it's important that we eat the right thing because we can be eat the wrong thing. And we don't want to eat the wrong thing. And when I say eat the wrong thing, it means we, we live on fish and chips. Well, I, we love fish and chips. You know, I eat fish and chips every week. And uh, it's great, fish and chips. But I used to know a, a lady who ate, ate it every day that she couldn't be bothered to cook. So when she uh, came back from work, she just went to the chip shop and bought fish and chips. Now you imagine eating fish and chips every day, what that looks like. No, I'm not going to go there. And so dealing with the appetites, that's what what Jesus did. He had to deal with his appetite. He was hungry. See these stones, turn them into bread. And he answered by the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So therefore, in every all the temptations he faced, the desire to have what you see, i.e. the devil showed him all the kingdoms of the earth and said, I'll give you these if you go and worship me. Jesus answered, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And then with the pride, it, it was, you know, you can, you know, you can throw yourself off the temple and God will rescue you. So yeah, I'm the son of God. Yeah, I could do that. But no, he said, you shouldn't test the Lord your God. That's what Jesus said. So he answered the whole thing with the word of God. So for us, walking with Jesus, we're walking with Jesus day by day. We're full of the Holy Spirit. He takes us through our humanity. We're dealing with that by faith. But then also, that's why we're part of the body. Some of the, one of the other troubles we have with the church is we often see the people at the front as being higher up than they are. They're more anointed. They've overcome more things in their lives. So therefore, that's why they're higher up. But I tell you, a hierarchy is wrong. The church is not a hierarchy. The church is a body. So therefore, we see it all on a horizontal plane. It's the horizontal plane we look at. And so therefore, the only difference between me and you is the gifts that we have, gifts of the Holy Spirit, and the fact that I maybe have been following Jesus for a longer time. So therefore, the gifts of the Holy Spirit within me are more developed. So that's all. 
It's not that the gifts of the Holy Spirit and me are stronger than others. It's that they're more developed because I've been walking with Jesus for 40 odd years. Walking with Jesus, 40 odd years. I can still remember my teenage years. I'm a teenager, I'm walking with Jesus. People's lives are being changed with the gospel. I'm now getting on in my life, but people are still being changed. I work for Royal Mail three, times, three days a week. And in Royal Mail, you know, the bullies are becoming non-bullies. Hallelujah. How did that happen? Did I go to the bully and say, you better change your behaviour? No. I thought, cross, I don't want to get near him. Because he's all shouting loud and, and saying, hey, you religious man. I Anyway, so I, I kept a, a, you know, a back profile. But Jesus was working in him. And now he always especially comes to me and talks to me. He says, how are you doing today, Andrew? What have you been doing? You know. And he shakes my hand. And then I can tell him, because he's always saying, what do you do at the weekends? Well, I've got a lot to do at the weekends. I mean, I'm working there Saturday, but on a Sunday, oh, I'm, I'm in my church, Com Church. What? You're at Com Church? I say, yes, yeah, the best church in the area. You know, Com Church. I mean, it's really power. God is there in power. And he says, wow. He said, I thought church was backward, you know, and I thought it was a, a dying thing. And the, I said, no, I said, it's all strong. It's all alive. I said, come along for the Christmas thing at Ark, you know. Come along. So it makes a difference. It makes a difference. You know, people's lives are changed because of the Holy Spirit in you. You're walking with Jesus. The Holy Spirit's working and people are changing. Hallelujah. And that is because we continue to read in Luke 4, verse 14. Verse 18, sorry. Oh, verse, yes, verse 18, yes. No, let's go for verse 14. Okay, yes, sir. God, so the light's bad up here, isn't it? I mean, those of you who preach up here, you know this is terrible, the light up here. You could do with a special little light here, you know, because I'm doing this. When I do that, I can see it better. But it's, I'm in the spotlight. It's the spotlight. I'm in the spotlight. Amen. Yes. <laughs> I'm in the spotlight. Let's read that. John, sorry, Luke 4, 4 verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. Notice that. He returned in the power of the Holy Spirit after his temptation. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. And he stood up to read the, at the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the captives, the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. So there we have Jesus coming out of temptation, full of the Holy Spirit. He goes in, he takes the word of God from the prophet Isaiah, and he says to them, This is now what it's all about, friends. It is about the the particular activity, the present activity of God working in our society. It's not about the religious system. It's not about obeying the rules and regulations. It is about understanding what God wants to do in people's lives because he wants to change people's lives for the good. He wants to give people a hope and a reason for living. That's what he wants to do. And that hope and reason comes from the Holy Spirit who is working powerfully around us. So Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. We're walking with Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. 
because he has anointed me. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When we worship as we've done today, we sense that power of the Holy Spirit, that anointing. When we're at home, when I'm praying at up as four in the morning, I am praying that the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is in that kitchen with me, and it's powerful. And I know that this is going to be a great day because the Holy Spirit is with me there. And whereas in the beginning I thought I wouldn't be able to do it because I'd be half asleep, I realised that over time I've woken up. Hallelujah. And so therefore, all things are possible. We can flow in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit can do incredible things through us at any moment and any situation. And so he's anointed us to preach good news to the poor. That's what we're doing. You know, yesterday at work, people were saying, oh, this, this, this. And I'm saying, well, I'm praying right now. And I kept saying to them, I'm praying now. I'm praying now. And they say, wow, yeah, praying. And by the end of the day, we have the victory. Hallelujah. So we just keep praying. We're in the spirit. We keep moving with people. We're giving them good news. And then he sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners. So that just doesn't mean people in the prison, although he wants to work with them and we do that. But he's people who are in a prison within themselves. And we've just been through that series on the sexual aspect and the sexual sins. And we know that some people have got real problems in that area. And some of us who haven't got those problems find that very hard to get hold of. But some people are in a real bondage in situations. And they need to be set free. They need to be delivered. And we need to discover what deliverance means in the church. Because what has happened is, it's one of those things that's become rationalised. And people say, well, you know, deliverance is to do with the medieval period, when everyone believed in demons, and, and uh, it, it was all, you know, hocus-pocus. But unfortunately, the devil is still the same devil as he was then. He's still got the same demons as he had then, and he's still working to, to deny, to, to neutralise us. He's working to neutralise us. He wants us to get so caught up in our sin that we're not worthy and we don't stand a chance and it's only by his grace. Oh, you hear that all the time, don't you? Only by his grace. I'm the worst sinner, but only by his grace. I'll get there. Well, let's be victorious, friends. Because he dealt with our sin when he died on the cross. He set us free. So therefore, then we need to be aware of setting people free. So when people come and they say, you know, I've been praying for months I'll be trying to get rid of this, this, this is not going. We need to understand what deliverance means in that situation. We need to take authority in the name of Jesus. And of course, there's a way of doing it. Because unfortunately, because some of us in the British church, we haven't been involved in deliverance in that way for maybe a long time. It's a very, very long time. But we've got brothers and sisters who come from other cultures and other places who that's what they go on all the time, deliverance. And, And so therefore, some deliverance can be pretty strong. And what I mean by that is, you know, the style of doing the deliverance can be strong. You know, and I've been in those situations where we're screaming ourselves hoarse to bring deliverance. But I raise the question, we want deliverance, but we do need to scream and carry on. You know, because does it mean to say that our prayer is more powerful because we're screaming? It doesn't mean at all, because it's about an inner spirit, a confidence in our inner spirit that we can do. But we still need deliverance. So we don't need to get rid of that because, well, we don't like shouting and we, we like to be more reserved because it's nothing to do with shouting. And there is a time to shout. We had the shout earlier. There's a time to shout in prayer. Of course there is. But there's a time also to be sensitive, to have wisdom and to know what is the right way of dealing with this. But of course, through it all, what's the time? Wow, it's early yet. That's amazing. So there's no excuse. I, sh- I should be able to finish on time here this morning, Julian. Cool, that's, that's fantastic. I'm really happy. Usually it's about our past. And I've, I've got to shut up quick. Praise the Lord. No, don't worry, sister. It's okay. She's looking very, she'll steer this sister at the front. 
uh, don't worry, you know, I'm, I'm a funny sort of character. That's why I've come to Com Church, because it's where all the funny people come. You know. <laughs> this is the only church we could have come to, you know, because uh, the, the only church that suits us. <laughs> I mean, ask Mary, but I'm like, oh my goodness. Dear, I mean. But obviously I can be serious as well, obviously. Everyone that knows me know I've got two sides, but that's because I'm free. I'm free in Jesus. You know, I've got no, I've got no hang-ups, no, no issues. There's nothing in me. Everything, any issue I've got is only open. And we had a great meeting the other Tuesday when we were sharing some stuff about the sexual sins and stuff. And some of us men were together sharing. And it, it was liberating because I could be honest in an environment about stuff in my life, which I've struggled with over years. And simply because I was too isolated you know, because I have been serving the Lord since I was a teenager. I was pastor of a church until I was in my late 30s. Since my late 30s to the present, I've had a traveling ministry where I've traveled the world and I've traveled the country. And, and, but therefore, the problem with that was, it was all sounded very good, but the problem was I was not in a strong, accountable relationship with a fellowship. And over time, that gave me a real problem especially with the, the um, invention of the internet and stuff. I mean, when I started, there was no internet, of course, not even mobile phones, there was nothing like that. I mean, if you wanted to make, have a, you know, send a message, you had to write a letter. So like Mary and my, when we were, we were courting, you know, it was all letters. You imagine writing a longhand letter. And then we've been looking, now today is a special day for us because, you know, the Americans have their uh, Thanksgiving on, a th- on Thursday and my American family had that. But in England, we're having our Thanksgiving today. And all our family in England are coming together and we're going to look at all the photos of the grandparents and the great-grandparents. And we found a picture of my great-grandparents, my granddaughter's great-great-grandparents. It's fantastic, isn't it? And we're going to sit there and we're going to talk about the stories of our life, of, of, of what has happened in the past. And that's important. So we're having our Thanksgiving today and that's really exciting to get all the old photos. So we're looking at the old photos. Well, of course, there's loads of stuff in my mum's stuff. Loads of stuff. And so there's the letters. There's all the love letters to my dad. Oh, that's fantastic. And you're getting an insight into their relationship, how it started. My dad says, I hope I'm not being too forward, but do you think we could have more than a platonic relationship? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, and, and so that was what it was. Do you think we'd have more? And she wrote back. She must have written back. We can't find the letter she answered back. That was my dad's letter, wasn't it? Yeah, dad's. But it's incredible. It gives you an insight into your own father. Because this, my father was speaking when he was the same age I was when I got married. And I'm so much older now. It's incredible, isn't it, to think you've got a letter talking about something. That's the importance of writing. That's the importance of letters. That's the importance of sharing stories. You know, we need to share the story of the church. And what's great about Com Church is that Helen is here, and we just missed Doug. He's been gone about a year now. But they've got a story about where they've come. And Helena brings that story out all the time. And, and there was one night in the prayer con when she shared scripture that God had given them and they came to build in the church. And that was so powerful that they shared. So the story is very important. Why Com Church is so strong now is because the story has been shared and keeps being shared. We don't let the past go and then forget about the past. We keep the past in here. Amen, amen. And so likewise, and we're walking with Jesus still. We're in this ministry of the Holy Spirit, okay? My father is very important in that. Not just the way he met my mum and everything else, but my father, how he treated me, how he took me with him when he went to preach and things like that. 
And I learned to stand with him and I learned and saw how that worked. You know, how that worked. And I went with my father. And one day my dad was sick and he said, you better go. So I was 17 at the time. I know that because I had to drive a car into a village and I must have been 17 or else I wouldn't have had, been able to drive. But I drove into the village and they said, where's your dad? I said, he can't make it. Oh, so who, who's going to come? I said, I'm here. And they looked at me and said, what? Can you preach? I said, well, I can have a go. So anyway, I had a go and I never looked back. And you know, between when I was 17 and when I was 22, when I, went to, when I left music college, I was preaching every Sunday. I was preaching every Sunday from when I was 17. The Methodists loved me. They used to take me on board, say, well, we're short of preachers. Can you come and preach? Yes! Had, have car will travel, you know what I mean? Get in your car, you're driving along these country lanes into these villages and giving these people what for? I don't mean lambasting them. I mean, you know, the Holy Spirit flowing through you. You know, and they're saying, who is this young man? You know, what has he got? What's he on? You know, and it's the Holy Spirit. But to see the people in those meetings hearing a living word proclaimed with faith in Jesus and the Holy Spirit, wow, it makes a difference. And so that's what we want to see. And so he's talking about captives of the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, so that's healing. So Jesus, that was the whole part of his ministry, was the supernatural in the Holy Spirit is working. That's how he worked. Everything was supernatural. There was nothing natural. What we're aiming for is to be naturally supernatural. That's what we're looking for. So it's the Holy Spirit. So when I'm meeting with people, I'm not just taking it at face value and saying, oh yeah, how's it going? Yeah. I'm praying inside saying, Lord, what are you doing for this person? What do you want to do for this person? What is their need? All the time, everyone I meet, whether it's in the church or outside. Sometimes I feel he says to me, tell them this. Sometimes I feel he says to me, do something for them. You know, do something. And sometimes I feel he says to me, just be there with them. Just be present. You don't have to do anything. And that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be doing something all the time. You just be present. And the Holy Spirit is working. You can walk into a room and people, when you walk into the room, they say, God has come into this place. And it's not because you're thinking you're something and everything else. It's you're just naturally going about. I went to this church the other week and I was feeling not particularly very happy. Because, you know, you don't feel happy every Sunday necessarily before you worship. You know, you, you wake up in the morning, press a few buttons and, uh, you know, it, it might not be there. So uh, there was no buttons this morning. Okay, I don't want Mary in a bad scene there because she won't speak to me later. So... Um, so I don't want to put her in a bad light. So push the buttons. And I went, into, I went to this church. And I was thinking, oh, I'm not feeling up for this this morning. I don't know what I'm supposed to be talking about. I don't, I, and I felt really bad. And I walked in. And anyway, you know what happens. You come into the presence of God. The Holy Spirit moves. He starts to give you direction. You start to get together. You know, the, he's always got an answer. He's always starting to move. And before you know it, yes, we have the victory. We have that. Yes, we're moving. Here we go. And when I went afterwards, we all, I also like to eat. You know, I like food. That's why I'm looking forward to the meal on Tuesday night for the foundation course. So if you haven't done the foundation course yet, sign up because there's good food at the end. You know, it's really great. And, you know, the food is important in the church. You know, we need good food. That's why it's great we're having the kitchen done because when the kitchen is finished, we're going to have some good food, I tell you. And we need that. It's very, very important. And now I've forgotten what I'm talking about. But anyway, don't worry about that. So... It's important. So, you know, when I go to these places, I always like to have food with them. You know, I say to them, we're going to eat. Yeah, we're going to eat. It's a big thing, you know. I'm going to speak, yes, and we're going to eat. It's very, very important. So when you become preachers, always make sure there's food there. 
Don't be like these preachers that come in and say, I'm sorry, I've got to go quick. You know, you get that. The preacher comes in, so I haven't got a lot of time, sorry. And they breeze in, they breeze out, and you think, oh, what was that about? You know, we need preachers who come and they take their time with you. You know, they spend time talking with you, sharing with you, you know, and because and the, the Holy Spirit's working, not just in the preaching, he's working in the relationship. And it's important to get hold of that. So we need to take our time. And so we went and had dinner. Great stuff. And we're sitting there. And so I was just sharing with them because I'm an honest person. I like to be honest. I like to tell the truth. I don't like to cover up. You know, if I'm going through something, I want people to know I'm going through something. It's important in the ministry that we're honest. Because people think, Ralph, we're some super spiritual thing that we don't have the same, we don't live the same life. We live exactly the same life. We have exactly the same temptations. We go through exactly the same things. You know? But Jesus gives us the victory. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus gives us the victory. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we had food and they were saying, I say, this is what was it? And this woman said, I can't believe it. You just said that. She said, because when you walked in the room, it was as if the Lord had arrived in the room. Well, when I arrived in that room, I didn't feel like that at all. So it just shows you the Holy Spirit is working. You can't write off things just because of the way you feel. You need to know who you are in Jesus. You're walking with Jesus. You need to know what he's made you. You need to know what his blood has done for you, what his resurrection power has done for you, what the Holy Spirit in you is doing. You need to realise that, even though you're feeling... And when you're feeling... Just keep your eyes open and keep a smile. You know, you know just keep looking at people and they say, what's up with you? Then, oh, you know, so... So Jesus confronts, he heals, he confronts, he has dialogue, he gives an invitation. So in Luke chapter 5, verse 27, we read this. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him, and Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Fantastic. So that's what happens. You see what Jesus is doing. You experience the miracles. And one day Jesus says to you, I want you to follow me 100%. Wholeheartedly. You know, the church should be a church of people who know who they are. They know what gifts the Holy Spirit has given to them. And they should be totally committed to living their lives according to those gifts for each other. You know, the time has come when we used to come to church and it was like some of us were the ones that were moving. Others of us were there just to enjoy the worship. And it's enjoyable, isn't it? I mean, Mary had a real experience this morning. That was really banging out of there, wasn't it? Oh, my goodness. Paul, what a drummer. My goodness. He was so tight and so clean. I'm like, what? You know, because when I hear a drum, it always gets me going. And that's the African blood in me, you know. Because, you know, I've got African blood in me. You know, I've got a name. You know my name? Afotikweku. Lai. Okay. I'm an adopted, I'm an adopted gar and a twee. I'm a mix, you know. I've got... I've got a mix, mixed blood, amen. I've got the mixed blood. But I'm that. I am Afote. Afotikweku. Lai is a name like Smith. You know, it's a common name, Lai. And so that's who I am. I'm an African as well as a, a British person, you know. So we thank God for that, you know. And now I've forgotten again what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> so it starts with an invitation, follow me. And then what we do is repent. So now, as I come to conclude... Who was that? Somebody say something then. <laughs> you better speak to me afterwards then. You know, I need, 
You know, I, I, I often used to say that. If you've got any problem with what I'm saying, come and speak to me afterwards. And I wish I hadn't said that because I have a queue of people <laughs> queuing up saying, you know, you said this, you said this. So Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. It's very simple. Then in Luke chapter 10, we read this. And the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him into every town and place where he was about to go. He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves, and so on. So there are 72 now. So it's growing, it's growing. People who are being called to follow, and then they too are being released in their gifts. And then Luke 24. Luke 24. Luke 24, yes. Verses four, verse 44. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And then we go into Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 8. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We're talking about walking with Jesus today. We're talking about walking with Jesus in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so the question I'm asking now, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you flow in the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit strong within you? I'm not asking whether you're a loud person. I'm asking whether you know inside that the Holy Spirit has touched you. He wants to ignite those gifts that he's put within you. He wants you to be on fire for him, the Holy Spirit and fire. And he wants you to be a strong witness wherever you are. He wants that to happen. And it can happen because it's not to do with us, it's to do with the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to get in touch, visit our website at www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.